Welcome to Equipus Christchurch. Equipus Church is a whole lot of friends championing one another to go higher in Christ. For more details, check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch. Two verses that, um, well actually one that Pastor Sam has been talking about a lot over really this year is 1 Corinthians 18 verse 9 and it says this in the Passion Translation. There's an amazing door of opportunity standing wide open for me to minister here, even though there are many who oppose and stand against me. So that's the first verse, 1 Corinthians 16 verse 9, talking about a wide open door of opportunity for us to minister here, even though there are many who oppose us or stand against us. But then Revelation 3 verse 8 says this, I know all that you've done, and now I have set before you a wide open door that no one can shut. So I want to talk a little bit about those two verses this morning, because I believe we are in an incredible season as a church um, globally, not just equippers, not just the Acts movement, but movements and churches globally, the church. And how many of us know that we are the church? (laughs) The church isn't this theater. It's not a building down the road. The church is us. Living building stones, living stones that God is fashioning together into his cathedral that is going to display his glory. That's us. We are the church. And so God's got us in an incredible season of acceleration, of um, forward momentum. And I, I love what Cheryl, you shared this morning. And, you know, I, I just think I had a wee chat to Ange this morning too, who's going through a similar journey. I just think, man, maybe, maybe, just maybe, God wants to do another miracle. Maybe you guys could get together and pray after the service. Maybe we could all pray for Ange this morning. But, um, but I think we're in an incredible season of miracles, the supernatural, where God is just coming in and going, I'm going to show you something different, something you're not expecting. And I I, I don't know about you, but I, I want to return to the, the early church of the book of Acts, where they were united, where they were in community, where they were seeing thousands added to their church daily, and because they were, they were focused on one thing only, and that was Jesus, preaching the power of the name of Jesus and unity and community those things together caused miracles to break out, miracles that were radically changing um, that, that region. The church was birthed in that place after Pentecost. And what I love is that um, the world would look on at, these, at the church and go, what on earth is going on here? Just like Cheryl sharing her, with her friend at work, I believe that mir- miraculous healing will cause her friend to go, Maybe I'm missing something here. Maybe there is something to this Jesus. Maybe there is another realm that I'm not even vaguely connected to, but I'm, I'm starting to see a glimpse into it. That's what the church should be doing. That's what you and I as the church should be doing. We should be living lives that are so above these earthly circumstances that are, that are elevated and seated in heavenly places with Jesus and, and, and knowing that we carry the kingdom. Wherever we walk, we carry the kingdom of heaven in us. The kingdom of heaven, I've said it here before, isn't out there waiting to be reached. It's in us right now. We carry the kingdom. Therefore, whatever environment or atmosphere we walk into, whether it's our workplace, whether it's our school, whether it's with our children at home, whatever it is, every environment we walk into should shift and change because the kingdom of heaven has walked in inside of us. And that's independent of us as people. We we can't do anything to stir that or spur that on. That's simply the power of the resurrected life of Jesus living in us. But what a privilege. 
My goodness, what a privilege that we carry that power. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Yeah? Does anyone believe that this morning? Because <laughs> it's truth. It's truth. So I look at these two, I look at these two verses. There's an amazing door of opportunity standing wide open for me to minister here, even though there are many who oppose and stand against me. But then Jesus says, I know all that you've done. And now I've set before you a wide open door that no one can shut. So you think of Paul. And, you know, when he's talking to the Corinthians, he's saying, man, there's a work that needs to happen here. There's stuff that needs to happen here. It's a wide open door, and we've just got to walk through it. And yes, there's opposition. And yes, there's many who are standing against us. Paul's opposition was very physical. (laughs) He had people opposing the cause of Christ. He He himself had been one who was persecuting Christians, murdering Christians. Then a radical transformation turned his life around, and all of a sudden, he's got people persecuting him. Shipwrecked, beaten, put in prison, stripped naked, beaten with 39 lashes, I don't know, five times? Like, this is huge opposition. This is huge persecution. I don't think any of us are actually facing that sort of opposition at the moment. There may be a day when we will be. I pray that I, yeah, anyway. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? Like, that was the opposition Paul was facing. Physical, in-your-face opposition. What's the opposition we're facing today? I believe it's a lot more subtle. I believe it's a lot more internal. It's maybe not the, the in-your-face opposition, or the, the, although there is some of that. But it's stuff that the enemy is just throwing at us. Who is our enemy this morning? Maybe our enemy is our own thoughts. Maybe our enemy is the fact that we're so caught up in the everydayness of life that we've forgotten to elevate ourselves above and see things from Christ's perspective. Maybe that's our enemy. And yet Jesus said, I've put before you a door that no one can shut. That door is not going to shut. We can run through it and see an amazing work happen here. What are you seeing for Christ Church? What are you seeing for this beautiful city that has been through so much, and yet God's hand and heart is so for her? What are you seeing for the city? What are you seeing for your families? What are you seeing for your workplaces? What's the wide open door that God's put before you, and he's saying, no one's going to shut it. No No one can shut it. If I'm for you, no one can be against you. So so Paul's saying, I see there's opposition. There's many who are standing against me. But then Jesus, Jesus, sovereign one, is saying, that door's not going to shut. Run through it. Run through it. Run through it. If I'm for you, no one can be against you. So I would suggest, like I said, that our greatest opposition and enemy is the one within. Our own mindsets. Our own thinking. Our own inability to keep ourselves elevated above not getting caught in the doldrums of the the earthly existence, the everydayness of life. We have to live above, my friends. We have to be elevated above. We have to keep seeing things from Christ's perspective. We have to keep viewing our circumstances and our situations through the lens of his character, not the other way around. Um, Pastor Paul DeYoung and in Auckland, said a really amazing statement a few months ago. He simply said this, when God has birthed something in your spirit, never allow yourself to carry it in your soul. Yeah. Like that's, I, I, that really grabbed me. When God has birthed something in your spirit, never allow yourself to carry it in your soul. See, the spirit, what is our spirit? 
Our spirit is the perfect part of us. Our spirit is the part that Jesus has redeemed, that is perfect, that is elevated with him. Our spirit carries the mind of Christ. Our spirit is infused with the Holy Spirit of God in his presence. Our spirit is a part of us that is connected to God continually. It's perfect. We've been made perfect, all those whom he is making holy. See, the making holy bit is the soul realm. The part of us that still thinks, still feels, still makes dumb decisions, is still walking a journey to holiness. It's not complete yet. And so when God's birthed something in our spirit, when he's spoken something to us that we're believing for, but we allow it to settle into the soul, that's where it gets all mucky and murky. When our emotions take hold and we, we hear a word God's spoken, but then we're like, Really? Maybe God didn't really say that. Or maybe I should settle for just a half healing. Or maybe, maybe, maybe I didn't hear God right. That's when the stuff starts to settle in our soul. We cannot allow what God is doing in us and through us to be resting in the soul realm. It has to stay elevated in the spirit. Does that make sense this morning? So the thing is, the thing is we have a choice. We always have a choice. And we have to choose. We have to choose, are we going to live elevated with Jesus, or are we going to get caught in the everydayness of life down here, where our circumstances and our situations and the broken parts of humanity, both our own and the world's, affect the way we feel and live on a day-to-day basis? And let's be honest, that's most of our reality, isn't it? It's most of my reality. I'm not living elevated all the time. I'm aiming to. I'm aiming to choose. The more God's speaking to me about it, the more I'm realizing, flip, I've got to lift my eyes. I've got to look up and see what Christ is doing. I've got to keep myself elevated. I've got to stay in that spirit realm. When I say stay in the spirit realm, I'm not talking about living a weird kind of like eerie, fairy, out of touch with reality. I think we are the most in touch with reality when we're living in the spirit. Why? Because we're seeing things from God's perspective. Because we're seeing truth and we're seeing reality. We're seeing what he sees and we're living that out. So that's our, that's our most um, real thing. <laughs> that's our reality. That's, that's the most real part of us. Yeah? So, so I want to give you two quick things. Um, and these are, these are just two things I want to unpack when we talk about this choice that we have to stay elevated. If we want to live in that spirit realm and not sink down into the soul realm, there's two areas that I think God wants to challenge us and encourage us in this morning. And the first is simply faith. We all have a measure of faith, but there are two types of faith. There's a faith in him and there's a faith of him. Let me, let me explain that. Faith in God results in our salvation. When we choose to believe what Jesus did on the cross, then we have faith in him. We have faith in the the salvation working power of Jesus. That's faith in him. But there's a faith of God that I think often we don't even really begin to access. And that's when we're face to face with our natural circumstances and our natural situations, and we choose to go, oh, I'm not sure if God's really going to come through in this. Or maybe this is just my lot, just as Cheryl said before. Maybe, you know, or maybe, I'm, maybe uh, this is part of my journey that I have to walk. Maybe this is part of the process. That's not exercising the faith of God. Because the faith of God, and when I say this, it's a little bit weird, but faith of God, I believe, is simply believing what God believes. Believing what God says in spite of what we feel and what we're walking through. 
And that faith, the faith of God results in miracles. The faith of God results in breakthrough. The faith of God causes people to look on and go, what the heck is going on here? Something very supernatural is happening in this place. Yeah? So, so um, let, me, let me illustrate this to you. So you know the story in the, um, in the Gospels where the guys are out fishing. And, um, and they're feeling a bit despondent because they've been out fishing all night. And they've caught nothing. And they, these are professional fishermen. Simon, James, whoever they are, the brothers, the brothers, they're out fishing and it's their job. It's their profession, the professional job. It's what they've been trained to do. They are fishermen. So they know the seas. They know their boat. They know their nets. They know the capacity. They know where the fish are. They know and understand fishing. And yet they've been fishing all night and have caught nothing. And they're feeling a bit despondent. You can understand that, Yeah. So their circumstances would say, oh, maybe we've just got the wrong patch of sea. Maybe there's just not anything here. Maybe we've missed it tonight. But fishing all night and catching nothing would be a bit discouraging. Natural realm, natural situation. This is what's presented to me as the norm right now. And then Jesus calls out to them and he says, morning, boys. Got any fish? They're like, nah, caught nothing. Nothing. All night we've been fishing and we've caught nothing. And Jesus says to them, throw your nets out onto the other side of the boat. <laughs> and like, like seriously, professional fishermen have caught nothing all night. They know the sea. They know the situation. They understand it. Jesus says one thing, just try it. Why, why, guys, why don't you just try putting your nets on the other side of the boat? You think they hadn't tried that? <laughs> they, <laughs> they've been fishing all night. They had tried everything. And Jesus simply says, just throw your nets onto the other side. They had a choice at that point. They could look at their circumstances and go, you know what? We understand this fishing thing. We know that we've been fishing all night and we've caught nothing. There are no fish in the sea at the moment. They're all somewhere else. They had a choice to make. Would they, would they look at their natural circumstances or would they activate the faith of God? Would they listen to what Jesus said? And just give it a go. <laughs> that, was the, that was the activation point. That was the faith activation point. And so they're like, if you say so, that's it right there. If you say so. If Jesus says so. If Jesus has spoken something to you, and it looks completely opposite to everything you're walking through, every situation you find yourself in, every circumstance, and the word Jesus said is completely opposite of everything you're going through, Will you choose to say, if you say so, and activate a different level of faith? We know, that, we know the outcome. They put their nets on the other side of the boat, and they hauled in a huge catch, a supernatural miracle. Those fish weren't there before. They tried fishing all night. But on one word of Jesus, one word of Jesus, and the activation of the faith of God, if you say so, they put their nets down, and they hauled in a catch of fish. That was almost time to rip the nets. <laughs> I love that. Do you know what, what the, other, the outcome of that story was? That's when Jesus called out Peter's destiny. And he said, from now on, you've been a fisherman, but from now on, I'm calling you to fish for men. You will be a fisher of men. Peter, this is your destiny. Because you have activated faith, a, a supernatural faith, because you chose to go against your natural circumstances and activate on my word, I'm calling out your destiny, Peter. I've seen something in you that's going to be called for something greater. 
But the, the, fish, the, the guys had every right to go, oh, doesn't look like it's going to happen. You know, they could have stopped at, we've done all we can and know how to do. I'm at my wit's end. There's nothing else. This is not going to change. They could, have, they could have just said, oh, the fish just aren't biting. It's just a natural circumstance, natural situation. They could have, um, they, they, they knew that throwing their nets on the other side of the boat wasn't going to change that, but they activated faith. So this morning, maybe this wide open door that's before us for the city that Jesus himself has said, I'm not going to shut it. It's wide open. Are you ready to run through? Maybe it's going to take a greater level of faith. Maybe the things that, that, that's opposing you this morning is your own lack of faith. And I don't mean that in a condemning way because we all have faith in the moment. Pastor Mark Verigis at team conference in Auckland this year talked about um, year of little faith. And he talked about the mustard seed and how, um, he, you know, if you had faith the, the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this um, this mountain, you know, speak to the mountain, it'll be cast into the sea. And I've always, you know, and then, and then he talked about you of little faith. And I just think, oh man, like, like seeing a mountain move would be pretty cool. Like, but, and he's saying, you only need a little bit of faith. But then when, but then, you know, talking about you of, you of little faith, he's talking about not an amount. He's talking about a time frame, not a quantity, but a, but a tenacity of faith. And often we do hear God speak, and we're like, yeah, God's spoken. Yeah, I've got all the faith in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sunday night, yeah, this is great. God's spoken. I believe it. I've got faith. And then Monday morning we wake up, and we don't feel the same. And all of a sudden, we have faith in our feelings rather than what God said. Little faith. Our faith is not tenacious. Our faith is not long-lasting. We've got to be people who develop long-lasting faith so that in the face of our soul realm, our emotions, our feelings, our thoughts, all of that, we can go, no, Jesus has spoken. If he said it, I'm going to believe it. Yeah? Good. So that's point number one. <laughs> Second point is about the will of God. So we're, we're faced with this open door. We're faced with an open door of opportunity. I don't know what your open door of opportunity is. It could be some stuff you're doing in your workplace. It could be a ministry. It could be um, just together as a team building the church. Hopefully that is all on, our, on, on all our hearts. But we have a wide door of opportunity before us. And, and I think too often we look at the things we're doing and we go, that's the will of God for my life. You know, that's God's will. That's, that's where I'm heading. That's what he's called me to do. And we think of the will of God as being about something we're doing. I want to suggest to you this morning that the will of God is something altogether different to that. First Thessalonians 5.16 says an interesting thing. It says this, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks. And then it says this little line afterwards, This is the will of God for you. Or in I think the message translation, it says, this is, how those, this is how God wants those who belong to Jesus to live. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything, give thanks. You want to know what God's will is for you? <laughs> for you to rejoice. In other words, praise Him, lift Him up, rejoice, keep choosing a, a joyful spirit. To pray without ceasing, I don't think that's about shundla, shundla, shundla under your breath the whole time. 
Like I've, I've only looked at that and thought, how the heck do you pray without ceasing? Like I'm going to be so out of touch with reality if I'm praying under my breath all the time. Praying without ceasing, I believe, is just being so aware of his presence with us all the time. He never leaves us. He's always near. He's sitting in on every conversation, every decision we make. He's there going, I'm willing to give you wisdom if you'll just listen to me, if you'll just talk with me. Being so aware of his nearness all the time that everything we do and are and walk into becomes a prayer. Our life becomes a living communal prayer with him. So pray without ceasing. And then the, the kicker, <laughs> in everything, give thanks. Notice it says, in everything, not for everything. In everything, give thanks. Again, we have a choice. We have a choice. If we're going to run through this wide open door, will we choose the will of God? The will of God is not something you're doing right now. It's something that you're being. I'm choosing to rejoice. I'm choosing to pray without ceasing. I'm choosing to give thanks in every situation. Gratitude is huge. Carrying a spirit of thanksgiving, again, causes us to stay elevated above our circumstances. Too often we look at our circumstances, or we look at God's character, I should say, through the lens or the filter of our circumstances. And we say, because I'm walking through all this stuff, because I'm feeling down, or because I'm, like, I've got this stuff going on in my life, therefore God must have left me, or therefore God is not a provider, or therefore God is not faithful, or maybe God just isn't quite as good as he says he is. We judge and we perceive God through the filter of our circumstances, rather than the other way around. We need to look at our circumstances and our situations through the filter of God's goodness. God is good. Therefore, this situation I'm walking through, this this um thing going on in my life has to have an outcome that I haven't seen yet. It changes your perspective, and gratitude does that. I'm not going to thank him for the crap. Oh, can I say crap? Sorry, I just did. I'm, I did, I did. I'm not going to thank him for the horrible stuff that goes on in this world. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to thank him for poverty. I'm not going to thank him for brutality and, and, and stuff that happens to people that is so unjust. I will not thank him for that. Do you know why? Because he didn't cause it. Because he is not the author of that stuff. That is all the result of a fallen, broken world that we are living in. God didn't cause it. When I got a call from my sister at 5.30 in the morning in South Africa last year, telling me my nephew, her middle son had committed suicide, I wasn't going to thank him for that. There's no way. But I found a way to thank him in it. And I, and I look at my sister and her husband and their sons, and they're walking a journey of staying so close to Jesus in the midst of what I think must be one of the most terrible griefs possible for a parent, to lose a child in that way. And I watched, you know, we Skyped into his memorial service and I watched as my sister just raised her hands and worshipped Jesus in the midst of the most horrific grief possible. She wasn't thanking him for it, but she was thanking him in it. And it changes everything about the way we perceive our circumstances. Yes, we will walk through horrible stuff. But will we learn to rejoice, to pray without ceasing, to cling to the heart of our Father? Will we choose Joy, will we choose prayer and will we choose thanksgiving in the midst of it? 
I believe this is a huge key in the stuff we're walking through and and the way we're perceiving situations. If we want to be elevated, if we want to be seated higher, if we want to see things from God's perspective and carry his heart and his mind and his spirit, I think these two things are absolute key. And you know what? They're simple. Faith. Not just faith in him, but the faith of him. Aligning our thoughts with what he says and choosing to go with it even when we feel everything is is the opposite. And then rejoicing. Praying without ceasing. Being so aware of his nearness all the time. Giving thanks in everything. You know, that's changed the way I pray. I find myself not praying from a place of lack or a place of desperate need anymore, but praying from a place of excitement and a a sense of adventure. Because all of a sudden I'm like, God, yep, we have a financial need at the moment. But Lord, I thank you that in the midst of this situation, I'm going to see you break through in such a way that I haven't seen yet, that I'm going to give glory to you and testify to your goodness. I'm not praying for the need. I'm thanking Him in the midst of it. And it changes the way I feel. It changes my internal disposition. It gives a sense of, okay, Lord, how are you going to work this one out? Because He wants to. It may not always work out the way we want it to in the natural, but guaranteed it's going to work out better because His plans are higher and His thoughts are higher and His ways are higher. So this morning... I'm going to hand back back to Pastor Tico, but this morning I just feel this is a word for some people here. Maybe you've got caught in the doldrums of negativity, of just feeling like I I can't kind of rise above my situations at the moment. These circumstances are a, a bit too much for me. I want to encourage you to reach out again in faith this morning. I want to encourage you again this morning to, to elevate your, your, your thinking and your eyes. Look to Jesus. In the end, that's what it's all about. His will for you this morning is that you would carry a spirit of rejoicing regardless. That you would be so aware of His nearness to you. So, so aware of His close proximity. And that you would give thanks in everything. In every situation. Find a way to thank Him. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch.